It's always interesting to look out in the crowd when your back's been turned and then you turn around and you see all the faces and you think, what is she going to come out with? What is she going to come out with? I know, you're all in suspense, aren't you? Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to take you out your suspense. Dream It is the series this morning. Isn't that fantastic? And the series this January, Dream It. Dream It. Do you dream, church? Do you dream? I do. I dream big. There's nothing boring about the kingdom of God, is there? And if we dream small, God's like, boring, boring. And then we dream a bit bigger and he's gone, keep going, keep going. And then I dream a bit bigger and he's gone, ugh. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. So if you're thinking big, do you know that God goes over that? It's amazing, isn't it? He's a good God. One you can trust in, one you can rely on, one you can dream with. It's wonderful. Dream it. What if? So my message today is, what if the windows of heaven were opened and so much blessing was coming your way, would you believe it? Do you believe that God could turn your day from clouds and rain to in one day so amazing and so abundantly blessed and sunshine, would you believe that God could do that? We're going farming today, and I want to read in 1 Kings chapter 19, and I've got a little bit of passage to read today, but I love the Word of God, and I'm going to get me glasses. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 19. And this is about the prophet Elijah first, and then it's mostly about the prophet Elisha. Okay, 1 Kings 19, and I'm reading from verse 15. I think the verses are coming up. Here we go. The Lord said to him, that's Elijah, go back the way you came, further down. Verse 16, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Verse 19, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. I want you to take a note of that, because that's an interesting thing for me. Elijah went up to him, threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied, what have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen, he slaughtered them, he burned the plowing equipment took, uh, to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. Then we want to read in 2 Kings chapter 7. And this is Elisha, he's a prophet now. And he's a prophet in a really hard time. It wasn't easy being a prophet in these days. There was a horrible um, world he was living in, and the king that he was under was quite evil, and his wife was evil. And there, if things didn't get worse, it did get worse, because an enemy came up around them, the Arameans. They besieged the city to the point where it was, people were starving. And there was a terrible famine in the land at this point. To the point even worse than that, that cannibalism had started. It was a terrible time to live in. And you'd think, 
Would it be possible to still believe in a miracle in such a time like this? Would it be possible to still dream in such a time as this? And this is what it starts with in chapter 7, and this is what Elijah said. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A seer of flour will sell for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So in other words, food had gone from being super expensive, like hundreds of dollars, and it was going to come down so cheap. The officer on whose arm the king was leaning said to the man, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heavens, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it. And then there were four lepers at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, then we die. And at dusk they got up, went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, not a man was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled and they abandoned everything and they ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and they entered the tents. They ate. They drank, they carried away silver, gold, clothes, and they went off and they hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to one another, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they went and called out to the city gate and they told the king, right further down. So the king says, go. So the king, so they went, they, they went in chariots and they went and they followed them as far as the Jordan and they found the whole road strewn with the clothing and equipment the Arameans had thrown away in their headlong flight. So the messengers returned and reported to the king. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. So a seer of flour sold for a shekel and two seer of barley sold for a shekel as the Lord had said. What a wonderful story. Is it possible to believe that God can turn your circumstances around in one day? Would you believe it? If you were going through an absolute terrible time where you felt, Lord, there is no hope, would you believe that God could turn? What if he opened up the windows of heaven and poured out blessing that you would not be able to contain it? This is the year, church, for great blessing. So we're going farming. So we've opened the story here with Elisha. And he's working and he's plowing in his field. You know, ordinary people, as we get in and as we plow in our field, he can turn it into amazing things. It tells us here in this story with Elisha that he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Now, 12 shows up regularly in the scripture. It's 12 gates were in the New Jerusalem, 12 disciples, 12 tribes in Israel, 12 months in a year. And 12 in the Bible means order, government, and structure. 
And you know, Elijah was faithfully plying his field. He was being structured in orders as he was doing it. And every day that he plowed his field, he would just keep believing God is faithful. God is good. And it says that he was behind the 12th yoke of oxen. So it says here that Elisha was plowing with the 12th yoke of oxen. Now, I'm no farmer, but I know this, that when you're plowing behind the 12th, there's going to be a lot of poop with it as well, isn't there? When you think about it, there's going to be a lot of mess. And he's plowing through mess. He's continually plowing and walking through, right through stuff. But I want to tell you that no matter what you are walking through in life today, God can bring whatever mess that you are walking through, that as you trust God and you believe for your appointed time of breakthrough, he will, God will work order. He'll bring structure to the normal, everyday things of life that you think, why am I doing this? Why am I playing here? Why am I here? God will bring order and structure if you believe that he can open up the windows of heaven and pour out his blessing for you. You might have had to walk through a lot of stuff up till this point. Someone might even have brought their mess to you. But every day as the sun gets up, you have continued to say, Lord, you are faithful. I'm going to trust you that I'm believing for the windows of heaven to be opened and for you to pour out your blessing. You know, we live in a generation that has forgotten how to dream. They haven't got dreams these days. People don't know what it is to dream because they just exist every day is the same old, same old. But Elisha, he faithfully plowed in his field and he didn't give up and he just kept dreaming one day that there'll be great breakthrough and God will bring order. But do you know something else about those oxen that every time they were there having their bathroom fix, you know, that every time they were doing that, do you know what it was doing? fertilizing the seed that he was planting. What dream seeds are you planting this morning? What dreams have you had from a long time ago that you might have thought, that's a long time now, Lord. I, I dreamed that seed dreamer many years ago. Can it still come to pass? And I can tell you, God says, yes, it can still come to pass. And it can be changed in one day. God is a supernatural God, and he can change your clouds to sunshine in one day. Miracles happen, church. You believe it. And I was an eight-year-old girl in Scotland. I had a dream. And I had a, just a really small dream. I dreamed, I, want, I said to my mom, Mom, I want to change the world. I want to make a difference in the world, Mom. And I sat on my back doorstep and I looked up into the sky and the stars, and this is a true story. And I, I didn't even really know God in my heart then, but God spoke to me and he said, you're going to go far away. And I went to my mom and I said, Mom, I have a dream. I want to change the world. I want to make a difference, and I'm going to go far away one day. And I was eight years old, and I had a dream. But as I grew up, I started to plow my field, 
and be faithful in what God brought across my pathway. I worked, and I worked hard in a place where God placed me, and I loved on people. I loved on people in the community, and I plowed my field like Elisha did. And then one day, God said, I want you to go to New Zealand. And he says, I want you to say goodbye to your family. I want you to give up your job and head off. And I'm like, Woo-hoo. that's pretty scary. And he said, you want to change the world, don't you? And I'm like, yeah, but I didn't think about going to the other side of the world. But God remembered a dream seed that I had planted lots of years before that. God remembers and he sees faithfulness. And I came to New Zealand. And I'm a bit of a crazy Scotch girl. And God obviously knew that someone, key, some Kiwi bloke needed a good crazy Scotswoman. And you know, I love the hacker and you guys, I, I just love the hacker. I really do. I just get so passionate that Celtic blood in me. I love it. And you think your games are crazy, but I tell you what, have you ever tried to throw a power pole around? We do that for games in Scotland. We literally do. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can ask Donald or ask. look at the Highland Games. When we get bored, we literally throw, we call them telegraph bowls, tossing the caper. So God brought me with a dream in my heart to change the world, and he brought me to New Zealand. And I met this sweet-ass guy who's a bit of a honey, and he was into beekeeping. <laughs> and so we got married. God just over... When God moves, he moves. When you've got a dream in your heart. So Paul fell in love. We only knew each other hardly three weeks. He asked me to marry him, and I married him just under six weeks. And we started to plow our field together. We were on a dream. And we had a dream to change the world, to make a difference, to see people blessed, to see people have breakthrough in their lives, to see people's dreams come to life to see them make a difference as well. So we continued to plow our field. So where we were, in the little church there, it was a tiny little church, we helped run Sunday school. We plowed our field there. And every Sunday night, we would cook dinner for these guys who were on highs and on drugs. We would go, Paul would go and pick them up, we'd cook dinner, and we'd take them to church in the evening and have them hear the good news of Jesus. We continued to plow our field. And then God said to us, I want you to move to Kirikiri. Oh, I'm going to move to Kirikiri. Yep, you got a dream in your heart? I want you to move to Kirikiri. So we moved to Kirikiri about 20 years ago, and we continued to plow our field. And we started to help with youth. And we ran and helped with a youth camp for 10 years up at Cooper's Beach, sowing into young people's lives. And there we continued to plow our field. And then I also took in some girls. Sometimes we had girls who were from really hard home lives and things. And uh, some of them were, um, one of them so addicted to alcohol that she'd often be unconscious. I'd come home, she'd vomited everywhere or vomited in a bucket. And we cleaned the bucket out. Do you know, Jesus came to get messy. He came to people whose lives were so broken and so hopeless. But he came and he wanted, he wanted to give them a God dream. And everyone that Jesus met, when his presence came and touched them, they, they were brought to life. God wants to bring life. So Paul and I continued 
to plant and sow in our field. And sometimes it's like we have to step over a lot of the mess. You know, Elisha came home each day, he would have smelt. You know, Paul used to come home and he'd smell of stale honey and and, uh, sometimes it was quite horrible actually. You know, Elisha would have had a bit of a smell. He was on the 12th yoke, plowing there, behind the 12th. Lots of stuff happening, lots of poop, lots of mess. And you know when dreams are birthed, you get challenges. You don't think it's all going to be rainbows over the sky and big castles and beautiful fluffy clouds. When a dream is birthed, sometimes there's challenges. Sometimes there's mess. But what did Elisha do? I'm going to tell you what Elisha did because this is another interesting thing. It says that Elisha said goodbye to his family. He took the yoke of oxen. He had a party. He slaughtered it and he burned the plowing equipment. I'm Scottish. I would have sold it. (laughs) But he burned it. Now, why would he burn it? I'm going to tell you why. Because he was a prophet now. Do you think it was easy being a prophet? Do you think it's easy when you get a dream and God said, here's the dream, go for it? You get challenges. There's mess. There's poop. There's things to work through. There's things to sort. Elisha said, no matter what I'm going to face in the future, I'm not going back to plowing. I'm going to burn it. I'm going to have a party. We're going to celebrate. And we're going to, I'm, no matter what challenges I face, I, I refuse to go back to the past. God doesn't want you to go back to the past church and to dwell there. You've planted your dream seeds, but he's going to move you on. And he's got big dreams for you. Such big dreams. So it's amazing that he plowed in his field faithfully and one day his things changed. He was a prophet. But then when we turn to Second Kings, he's a prophet now. And it's not an easy time, like I said, to be a prophet in this time to live. There was the enemy around, the, the city had been besieged, But what does Elijah do? Does he say, oh, this is terrible? Does God say, oh, there's a famine? I never saw that coming. That's really hard for me. How am I going to work in a famine? Elijah, Elisha, sorry, declares out the word of God. Do you know, no matter what you are facing and what you think you might be surrounded today, declare out the promises of God in your life. God is faithful. God is a good God. He wants to abundantly bless you. He wants to open up the windows of heaven that you will hardly be able to contain the blessing that he has for you. So Elijah says, this is the word of God. And then you get your Mr. I don't believe it. Mr. I don't believe it says, even if the windows of heaven should open, could, could this happen? Could it happen? When Paul and I, God called us to plant a church here at Excite, we were playing our field and God said, go plant, go plant a church. And we're like, us? Plant a church? Who are we? Do you know, Elijah, when God told him to go and anoint Elisha, Elijah could have said, he's a farmer. What does he know about being a prophet? 
And you know, we had our Mr. I don't believe it. When we started the planted a church and we were obedient to God's call, we had people that said it won't last. It won't last. They're not pastors. What do they know about pastoring? He's a beekeeper and I'm a crazy Scotswoman. What do they know about pastoring? And you have your Mr. I don't believe it. And the Mr. I don't believe it said, if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heaven, could it really happen? I don't really believe it, he says. But Elisha declares out the word of God. You keep declaring out the word of God this morning, church. You might have a dream in your heart that has been there for a long time. You might have had some promises. And as you read God's word, get those positive, faithful promises in. Keep playing your field. Do not give up because in one day, God can turn your playing into great blessing. He, has, he was faithfully plowing his seed, and it was going to be a great harvest. We are believing for a great harvest. It's going to be good, church. This is an amazing year. It's going to be good. When you start to be, speak out your God dream, a dream is for others. It's for others. It's not just for you, it's for others, because God's kingdom is one of multiplication and increase. A dream is always for the blessing of others. It's not selfish, because when you get in and have a God dream, it's for others. So here we get the story, and as it continues, four lepers. Here are people who are dying, basically. Four lepers they're outcast by society. They're the outcast. They're put on the outside of the city wall. They weren't allowed in the city. They weren't allowed to mix with other people. But God uses unlikely people to accomplish his dreams. You might think, oh, I'm not very good at that. Well, I think you're a pretty good candidate for a God dream and miracle, to be honest. I really do. I, w I never dreamed of being a pastor. In fact, if someone... 50, no, I'm not quite that old yet. 40 years ago, I'd said, you're going to be a pastor one day. I'd have went, that'll be right. What, a, what? You know, how can I do that? But with God, you can do all things when you have a God dream. So four lepers bring salvation to this community. God didn't say, oh, it's a terrible famine. I don't know if I can work and move through such terrible conditions. But these lepers through God, bring a mighty, mighty miracle. So you keep dreaming, keep speaking out the promises of God. The lepers saved the day. It's wonderful. And you know, they might have thought they were smelly, hopeless, useless. And I wonder if you had been, if you, say you had Alexander Fleming as your friend. Now he was a great he loved to invent and to think up things. And he had a dream that he wanted to cure people and to help people. And if you were visiting and you opened up his fridge or his chili box, as it might have been in those days, and there was something so disgusting. And you go, ooh, that is revolting. That is moldy as. He'd say, that is going to cure thousands of people and you would have went I don't believe it it looks moldy to me and he would have said that is penicillin 
Do you know that was the, in, the discovery that led to the introduction of antibiotics that has cured thousands upon thousands of people? What you might think and what we might think and what the world might think is small, insignificant, smelly, horrible. God can work miracles. You keep dreaming. If God should open the floodgates of heaven, Malachi 3 verse 10 says, partway through, God is saying, test me and see. See, vision has eyes. Test me and see if I will not throw open. Notice it, throw open. It's, this is God that's saying this, throw open. That gives me the idea it's going to be sudden. God wants to throw. He's, he, in other words, he's throwing open. He's not delicately opening the heavens gates. He's actually throwing them open because he, want, he just can't wait to bless you. He's so excited to bless you this morning, church, that he just wants to throw open the windows of heaven and pour out his blessing upon you. He has so much blessing for you, so much blessing. Do you know, 2018, this is the year of like a new beginnings. 18, eight means new beginnings. Do you know God wants to begin to open up the floodgates, to open up the gates of heaven and pour out his blessing that you will hardly be able to contain it. Do you believe it this morning? Do you believe that God wants to abundantly bless you? And, it, and, and Elisha said, this time tomorrow. God has a tomorrow at an appointed time for each one of you where he wants to abundantly bless you. He wants to bless you in business. He wants to bless you in employment. He wants to bless families today. He wants to bless marriages today. Have you been praying for a family member for a long time? Just thank God for them. They're coming in. They're coming in. Are you believing for breakthrough in your business today? Just believe God for it. Thank Him for it. Because at the appointed time, God can bring great breakthrough in your life, in your vision. Never underestimate the power of God. Never limit God by a little dream. Dream over the top. This was such an over-the-top abundant miracle. Who would have thought that four lepers who were dying could just make this, that God through them made such an amazing miracle happen. It was so amazing that in one day it went from starvation to absolute plenty. And that's what the kingdom of heaven is about. That's the kingdom that you and I belong to. A kingdom with no lack but an abundance. So if you're feeling lack today, you just declare out your miracle because God has said he wants to abundantly bless you. He wants to open up those gates. And God has a big vision, and I want to leave this with you. Habakkuk 2 and 14, he's got such big vision. He says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. What a great vision. 
You can't get much bigger than that. The whole world will be filled with the knowledge. And do you know that is going to come true? It's going to come true. It is yarn, isn't it? It's going to come true. Do you know that in the um, Revelation, there's something that you fishermen won't like because it says that there's going to be no more sea. So you know God's vision comes true because all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Stop. No more sea. God's got big vision for this world and it involves you and I. It involves our family members. He's going to bring salvation in a mighty way. There is rivers, by the way. So you might be able to fish in your rivers just for those that love fishing. But God has a big dream. He has a big vision and it involves you. When you get into God's presence and you start dreaming with Him, He's like, come on, my son. Come on, my daughter. Dream big. Bit small. I'm embarrassed by that. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You'll never outdream God. You'll never outgive God. People have tried. One guy, he's, he's an American pastor. He gave away a home so many times. He gave away so much stuff, God kept blessing him and blessing him. He'd get a house. He gave away something else. Someone gave him an airplane. He actually got his own jet donated. And he, he came to the conclusion, and I heard him at Life Conference once, and he said, you will never outgive God. You can't. You'll never outdream God. So if you have a big, ridiculous, over-the-top dream, God's saying, that's it. Keep going, because I'm going to do even better and bigger than that. And it all come true. God believes in you. He loves you. He's got big dreams. So he's got big vision. So as every head is bowed here this morning, the greatest thing that you can ever have in your life is Jesus. If you want to have big dreams, you need to dream with Jesus and have Jesus in your life. So if there's anyone here this morning who has who needs Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to do life with you. I want to walk with you. I want to have big dreams. If that is you here this morning, we would love to stand and agree with you that you might be brave and bold enough to pop up your hand and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want to start dreaming with you big dreams. If that's you this morning, we love you to pop up your hand. Or you might have had a hard road up to now. It's been a bit difficult and you've said, I want to just start believing for dreams. We want to stand with you. If that's you also, when we're playing this song, we would love to pray with you. We have a team here who would love to pray with you and just believe and stand with you that your dreams through God will come to pass. Thank you, church. I would actually like to do one more thing. We're going to declare out blessing this year. So if you would all love to stand up, we're going to make a real positive declaration this morning. This is 2018. This is a great year. We're believing as a church for a great year. And Paul and I and the team are believing for your dreams to come to pass this year. So we're going to declare out this morning I, so if you want to say it after me as well, I declare, this year 2018, that you, Heavenly Father, 
are going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out your blessing upon me, upon my family, and upon this community, and upon this nation, that we will hardly be able to contain your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. And we all believe it. Do you believe it? We believe it. Thank you, team. Let's take it away with a good praise song this morning.